Welcome back to another episode of J Crypto. Today I'm super excited because I'm joined by Stoic, someone. Uh, Stoic, first of all, thanks for coming onto the show. I don't know if you would prefer Reese or Stoic. I know you as Stoic. That's cool. Uh, Reese, I'd prefer just because otherwise I feel like you're talking to someone else. But you can call me <laughs> Stoic if you want. I feel like that'd be a pretty cool nickname. Um, you know so what's kind of comfortable. You know what's kind of interesting too about uh, Reese is it's very special this this interview to me, and we're going to be talking about his his um, latest kind of project he's working on, which is going to be a DAO for for ADA staking, and and there's a lot to dive in there. But Reese, you were the first video I ever saw on staking Cardano, and I didn't see many Cardano videos before that. I think the only one was the Charles Hoskinson whiteboard video, and then maybe some headline videos and other things. So even before I was a YouTuber, before I even wanted to create content, man, you were like the first one. And to be honest with you, you're probably part of the reason why I'm even here today making content. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you. Um, Yeah, cool. Those those videos actually got quite a lot of uh, views. I wasn't really expecting it. Um, But yeah, mate, that's awesome. I had a different camera then. But I, I think I was here. I think I was in this spot where I was. So I was just. I think you I think were I was, showing. Uh, I think I was over here, and you were. I think you were right, in over this side a little bit. I saw your computer. You were talking about the URI wallet, and that was the one that I ended up going with. You know, which yeah. was fun. But um, you know, the way that I really wanted to do this is just kind of lay out some key terms. First of all, you know, I'll give you just a brief overview of what I know about the DAO structure that you're doing. But really, we want to educate people here. And then we're going to go deep into the DAO, talk about the baskets and some other things that I thought were really cool. Um, and then we'll get to some fun stuff. Sound good? Sounds, sounds perfect. All right, man. So first off, just, just real quick, what I know about the DAO is this is like a way to support new and incentivize new stake pool operators. It's mission driven, as you said, in your white paper, and we can get into that a bit. I'd like to hear why you're doing this a little bit more. Um, it creates eco-friendliness, which is becoming more and more important. I do a lot of content on carbon credits and all the, all the stuff that's happening to incentivize stuff for the environment. Um, the risks aren't, are meant not to be big and the rewards are meant to be worthwhile. So like before we get into the DAO though, why don't we get to the heart of this? Because Cardano, you know, stake pools and making it uh, driving the funds to many smaller stake pools promotes decentralization. So why don't we start with that? Why is decentralizing the ADA that's going to these stake pools even important, man? Because I'd love to dig into your expertise. Yeah. So obviously we all know that the idea of crypto is that it's decentralized. So there's no single entity controlling it. Um, Cardano is quite uh, well known to be one of the more decentralized networks because there are a lot of state pool operators who run nodes and there is no single entity now that runs nodes for the network. So like IOG, for example, who, who kind of created it, don't uh, run their nodes anymore. So it's all down to community to actually run the network. And what's happening which is the reason that this that kind of started is there are some 
um, mechanisms in how uh, aid is presented and how stake pool operators are presented to users when they start staking. For example, if you go into Uroi and you go to delegate, you're given a, a top 50 list of stake pool operators. Mm. And the thing about that is that it presents you with stake pool operators who are already uh, who already have very full pools, so very close to saturation. And so that that means that it's likely that they're going to fill up. And for that reason, you, you, you're given the top, what's called the top anyway. I mean, it doesn't really matter, um, but it's called the top. So people obviously delegate to them. And then what happens is more stake goes to those people. So stake becomes more centralized. Even though there are 3,000 odd pools, you're given a top 50. And then those are the op options for you to delegate to unless unless you specifically research or you know certain stake pool operators or you're aware of certain um, groups like the Bare Metal Alliance or Ego Friendly or the Armada Alliance or what a single pool operator is. And that's for like people who are quite heavily involved in the, the system, you know, and how Cardano works and what's going on, not the average guy who who buys Ada on Binance and goes, oh, I want to I want to go to the moon, you know. <laughs> so so what the DAO, the reason that the DAO has come about is to try and help um, decentralize stake. So help mm -hmm. spread stake across the network to as many stake pool operators as possible, because yeah. and, that's and, an issue that's coming up, basically. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm excited. Um, so so basically, decentralize the amount of stake will help to decentralize the network and i really want to paint a clear picture the reason why decentralizing the stake like how much does it really matter to have you know not these top 50 pools with with a lot of ada like could you give us like maybe an example of a bad thing that could happen if the top 50 pools have like 80 percent of the ada just so we can like get a clear like warning signal why is this important yeah yeah so there is a thing in um, crypto called um, MAV or minimum attack vector. Hmm. And take your foil hats off. Oh, I'm not a conspiracy head or anything. <laughs> but essentially what could happen is say there are 50 entities who control 90% of the stake in the future because everyone just continues to delegate to these people, which, you know, good for them. I, I don't really, it's not like uh, I'm bitter about it, but... It's just laying out the, the kind of lay of the land for you. Um, if those 50, if something happens to them or there's just 50 people for people to hack or attacking some way, it becomes a very centralized entity all of a sudden. Instead of a decentralized network spread across the whole of the globe, it's, there are 50 people, you know, and 50 people obviously is still quite a lot. So you might go, oh, you know, it's 50 people. That's not so bad. But like... If it's going in that direction now, it's not at a point where that could really be a problem. You know, there's a lot of work for any hacker or anything like that to, to target someone specifically to be able to take over Cardano, the Cardano network and perform like a 51% attack or something like that. But ultimately, it, we're leaning in that direction. So if we don't start to address this, and this is a huge discussion among stake pool operators, and it has been for a very long time, but yeah. if we don't start to address this now, it's, it's up to us as guys who run the network. You know, it's not like IOG are responsible for that kind of thing. Like they're busy doing other things like the Plutus backend and they've got, they've got stuff to worry about. They've got actual jobs that they're trying to tackle that are more important than dealing with these very small issues. But if we don't start to address them, then they compound. 
And that's the DAO's basically trying to start that um, progress towards a more decentralized network. And that's, that's the point of it. So essentially, it's like if there's 50 that have the most ADA, the problem is that we're going towards us, uh, the direction of potentially one or two having 90% of the ADA and then really controlling yeah. the network. And, and obviously, that's very extreme, you know, right. like one or two people having 90% of stakers, very, it's, it's not really going to happen. But realistic. If, if you take 3000 people who are all minting blocks, so say every stake pool, like there are 21,600 blocks, give or take some quick maths for you there, uh, roughly every epoch. You know, it changes, it alternates, it fluctuates a little bit, but that's like the average, assuming that there's a block every 20 seconds. Um, so if there are 10 state pools who are making all those blocks, then they're doing very well and they're supporting the network. But if there are 3000 pools, which there are currently a slightly more than, all minting a couple of blocks, like seven blocks each or something like that, then we have a very disparate network. It's very spread out and that makes oh, it very hard second. to attack. I think, yeah, because also the other thing that just came to my mind is with regulation or unforeseen events, having a network spread across 3,000 stake pools is much stronger than just having you know 30 stake pools. Could that be yeah. also a good argument? And and look, I know a lot of some of the most popular staple operators personally. I've got nothing against people being successful or doing well. You know, like these guys have worked very, very hard to get where they are. But mm-hmm. what is not about them, you know, it's not about any particular staple operator. What it's about is protecting the network. And making and it stronger. Because like it's exactly. good for them if the network, the whole thing about Cardano is like, it's so important for it to be decentralized because it creates uh, stronger networks so simple those to top, take down yeah even those top even those top um stake pool operators would benefit from a stronger network so it's actually yeah, good course. for them to have a more decentralized stake pool okay i got it now man so let's um before we dig into your DAO, man let's just talk about DAOs in general for a second does that sound good cool. yeah um so to me a DAO is automating you know, so it's, there's some, so many DAOs out there. I've studied multiple blockchains. I'm a part of Project Catalyst. You kind of got me into it. I was looking for interest on ADA, but then I became part of Cardano. And I have to thank you for that. But I have studied a lot of DAOs and they're automating crowdfunding and human collaboration like we've never seen before. It does this for many different, you know, uh, initiatives like buying an asset, like the Declaration of Independence or a copy of it. Um, also like to fund an initiative, whether it's just a nonprofit initiative or maybe for-profit initiative, um, to govern, right. DAOs are, DAOs help with govern with internal governments or small scale governance even. And, um, you know, they, they incentivize people to participate in the DAO through whatever they're trying to achieve. So. I just wanted to get your take. Do you agree or disagree with those definitions? And do you want to add anything to the definition of a DAO for people that are still trying to understand a DAO before we get into your DAO? Yeah, sure. So um, that was great. A DAO is, uh, it stands for a decentralized autonomous organization. So the idea is that it is, uh, instead of a business doing something like IOHK or IOG, sorry, um, running Catalyst, the idea is that it becomes a community-owned and community-driven project. So there's no one, just like with decentralized stadium pools, 
This is about having an organization that's decentralized, so it's owned by the community, and it performs mostly automated tasks. So like there are a lot of DAOs that do crowdfunding, for example, uh, which is kind of like the idea of Catalyst, although that isn't really a DAO, but it's similar to that kind of thing for those who know Cardano. Um, there are also a lot of um, balancing entities, like um, a lot of DAOs are very popular for DeFi, so automated DeFi um, protocols like um, Olympus, you know, Olympus Ohm, so something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot really that's gone into DAOs because it's very new and it's a bit of a strange concept. And there's a lot of moving parts to an organization. And then to imagine, right, you build, you spend a couple of years building this huge project and then you go, right, now it's up to the community to take control of your little baby. <laughs> and so I think there's a bit of a, this is my thing and I don't want to give, give up control to everyone else. So I think it's very hard to imagine how DAOs would work beyond a lot of very simple kind of DeFi protocols, which is kind of what exists right now. But the idea of a DAO is that anything could run like that. You know, you give, you give um, a, a bunch of rules to a system and then the system just executes on those rules. So uh, if it could be, it could be anything, it could be funding. If a certain amount of projects get so many votes with a, a certain time, then those projects get funded, you know, or it could be like giving to charity. If, uh, so it, a DAO raises money in, with some mechanism, and if enough people vote for a certain charity, then it will give so much as a percentage of uh, predetermined amount to, to that charity. So it's, it's basically like that. It's very simple logic for uh, essentially what would be a very simple business process, but then becomes up to the community to, to decide on rather than a CEO. I think it's one of the more disruptive technologies coming out of crypto too. Uh, I think a yeah. lot of proof of concepts are being constructed and yeah, that's going to give, you know what I mean? That's going to give like more, um, uh, what's the word, substance to DAOs that are built in two years, five years, 10 years from now, because they're going to be yeah. able to see what worked and what didn't. Um, yeah. But you guys- well, you think, right, a DAO is, it makes sense. Like you think about it and you're like, yeah, crypto, decentralized, you know, power to the people. We're all in charge of what's going on. <laughs> like, um, and then when you start to do things, there, there are also naughty people, right? So you've got, to, yeah. you've got to build something in a way that accounts for bad actors and kind of protects against stuff. And so there's, there's a lot of critical thinking that goes into a, an, a real DAO and how you can figure out ways that, a system can't be played because essentially once you launch the DAO and it becomes a public thing, then it's, it's just as likely to fall victim to like a 51% attack or someone trying to manipulate it and take control or persuade it to do something, which isn't what it was originally intended to do. So there's a lot to consider with these kind of projects. And yeah. like you say, um, it takes time to actually address all these things and we won't see it really roll out on much of a grand scale for a while, I imagine. What I like about your DAO, though, and we can get into your DAO here, but essentially what you guys are doing, it's really cool because I think DAOs should be used right now the way that you guys are trying to use them, which is tackle, you know, nuanced or niched uh, problems that are very scalable. Because, yeah. you know what I mean? Like with DeFi DAOs, yeah, it's crazy. You see these 30,000% APRs, you see them 
printing new tokens. They're yeah. inflating. They're increasing the supply. It's ridiculous. But your DAO, your DAO's purpose is is uh, really right for the time, I would say. And it's also constructed in a way that uh, solves a nuanced or niched problem when it comes to Cardano, which is, like we talked about, decentralizing and making the network stronger. Yeah. Um, so essentially, man, what's cool about it is when I watched your first video, which is why this comes first full circle, I found out, oh, okay, I could pick somewhere to delegate my ADA to. I need 500 ADA in order to earn some kind of reward or whatnot. And I can just pick it and boom. But you guys are developing this DAO to take that to a whole new level by saying, okay, so you have some ADA, right? But what happens if you want to delegate to multiple pools at once? And what happens if you want to um, help fund the smaller pools and still be able to delegate with your main wallet you know, this, the normal way. Well, yeah. that's, that's where your product comes in or your DAO comes in because you can still delegate the normal way and then take, say 500 here, take another 500, put it into the, into your DAO. And then the way I understand it is really cool because you can customize not only the type of pools that you want your delegate, your 500 to go to. So think pools that are environmentally friendly pools that give out I don't know, some kind of initial charity coin or just other types of these genres that stake pools offer. And you can do multiple at once. So I think that's really powerful because it's kind of ETFing the ability to stake for smaller pools, solving a bigger issue, which is decentralized in the network. And feel free to yeah. jump in and add, man, because I, I definitely, I'm a big fan of it. So I want you yeah, to so understand. That was a really good explanation. And you didn't use any of the kind of buzzwords I've created to explain this better, which is <laughs> awesome. So, so thank you for that. Um, the, the way that the DAO works is called Staking DAO. It's, um, it's currently a catalyst proposal. So we're going for funding from um, Project Catalyst um, to, to help build it. But we already have it operating on, on the testnet um, because we have oh. an incredibly genius uh, Plutus dev who's, who's just basically built the thing already we've been we kind of con conceived the idea mm -hmm. five or six weeks ago um just before catalyst launched and then excuse me sorry when it came to uh, proposal time uh i was chatting with some spos and i was like we need to submit this we need to do it you know mm -hmm. i was like i'm doing it now and i just submitted the proposal and then um pool operators came out of the woodwork to kind of get on board with it because yeah i think we're addressing a very big need in cardano that's very it's a very popular discussion with state pool operators but outside of state pools like most people don't care like most people don't care about the state pool ranking system that could potentially be an issue yeah. soon, in the future you know like so it's an it's an issue that's very relevant purely to state pool operators the average user they want we a good return on their it. ADA. they want a good return on their ADA. we don't think about it and, and why it's good for the average user too is because the return on your ADA, if you're a long-term ADA believer or holder, will just be amplified by the strength of the network. So yeah, like you may not see it directly. Um, in the, but it'll it, be sustained. And that's that's the purpose of it. We, we basically want to, the, the DAO, for the user, it solves the issue of which state pool do I choose? 
you know instead it just presents <laughs> you with a couple of groups of stake pools so it says we've got five at this point so five groups of pools that you could choose from and they are mission-driven pools so pools that donate to charities of some kind we have eco-friendly pools so ones that run off like solar power or some kind of sustainable energy source we have bare metal pools and what bare metal is for those who don't know is it's basically some yeah I saw that. Most, most of the time, you'll, you make an app or something, use cloud servers. Yeah, so you use servers in the cloud, which basically means you're paying Google or you're paying Amazon or AWS. Microsoft or, yeah, exactly, for, to use their data centers. So that creates another centralization mechanism of Cardano where lots of operators all use the same service providers. And if they go down or if they decide they don't want Ooh. you to use it anymore, then that becomes an issue because then all those state pools go offline. So bare metal is when you host on your own servers. So um, like a Raspberry Pi or like your own computer at home or dedicated virtual uh, machines that you, you have like server racks, which I mean, you're brave if you operate them because they're very noisy. Uh, but that's bare metal, sorry, off on a tangent. Then we also have one for single pool operators. So that's for people who run single pools who aren't part of the other three groups. And that's because single pool operators are very important for the uh, network uh, because they only run a single pool. So they're a single point of failure only for their pool and they're not monopolizing the network in some way. So it's very important as well. Yeah, um, actually, also, uh, if you don't mind, before we go into the next one, can we dig into sure. single pool operators a little bit more? Yeah. Just because... Just um, so my understanding of a single pool operator was somebody that just runs one pool. But what you're saying is it's actually maybe deeper than that, or is that correct? No, that's it. That's it? Okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but the, the, the reason that that's important is because it's very easy. If a pool gets full, like man B and man, wants, it has the opportunity yeah. to open another Why not pool. open another pool, make yeah, more and, rewards? And this is a thing that is a huge debate amongst, again, state pool operators. It's a very, some very nerdy conversations that I'm a part of, um, but aren't really much of an issue to normal people. It's just state pool operators. But there's a huge discussion about whether or not it's ethical to run multiple pools. And personally, I don't care. I'm a member of a single pool alliance, people who have committed to only running a single pool. But that's how out of hand it's got just to put it in perspective for you. <laughs> there are alliances of people who are like, only a single pool. Um, so yeah, it's got, it's got That's pretty cool, man, crazy. that you're part of part of an alliance. So I can't, I can't say I'm part of an alliance yet, but that sounds pretty yeah. cool. That sounds We've badass. Got, Cardano State Pool Operators have a couple of alliances <laughs> for various things. So there are, there are groups of all kinds of operators, like eco-friendly, a carbon neutral uh, group or a climate yeah. efficient carbon neutral state pool group or something there's a whole abbreviation uh, acronyms for it and stuff um but yeah the single pool alliance uh people who are committed to running single pools uh a great bunch of guys very informed um and generally a lot of single pool operators are struggling to get stake because they're not in that top 50 percent uh, sorry top 50 rank out of 3.2 thousand or something um so yeah they're they're that's they're, where like they the doubt comes problem. in because yeah. like what you guys do is you give people an option and that option is a host. It's, it's a lot of options and they can delegate to multiple pools at once. They can support decentralizing the network. They can support these individual initiatives. The yeah. customizability just enhances the ability, like the functionality of staking in general. Um, yeah. I, I, and if I may just get into, you know, something that I've seen and I wonder if this is possible in the future, but, like um hero who i guess told you about my channel i'm a big fan of hero 
you know, he's a really down to earth guy. He's just, yeah. he's just here to contribute. I love that guy. And um, essentially what was interesting is like some pools give out rewards, you know, like I know Lido nation, they're working on something. It's like a charity coin that they give people that stake. Then there's pools that give out NFT rewards. There's, there's NFT projects that partner with pools and then there's the eco environmental friendly pools and there's potential for those pools to create carbon offsets which are monetizable who knows how those yeah. get integrated down the road and given out to maybe delegators i don't know but um has that discussion started or are you guys just trying to get you know the plane off the ground so to speak of like wow there's potential here for people to diversify their selection of pools and potentially yeah because it's all automated benefit so- from a bunch of these groups right yeah yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, so um, the, what will happen is you'll, you'll pick, you'll create a basket on the, on the app, uh, on, the, on the DAO, and you'll choose how much you want to delegate through the DAO. So with that particular basket, which you can then choose one of these five groups of state pool operators uh, to delegate with. And the DAO will, at the end of every epoch, it will collect up all of the baskets, so all of the users who have gone for any particular group, and then it will balance that delegation across all of those pools. So yeah. if it was eco-friendly, for example, and there's a hundred bas- hundred pools and a thousand users who have made baskets for these pools, then it would just uh, deal them out basically like a pack of cards to try and give everyone the same amount of delegation from the DAO. So what it does then is it creates like a rising tide for users. Uh, sorry, for uh, state pool operators um, and aims to provide all users then with decent rewards because some delegate to very small pools who only mint blocks every now and then, you know, and given them, they're often someone who are doing something very, very good for the the network, like providing extra rewards, like you're saying, and anything that that pool does will also be distributed on top of whatever the DAO does as well. Wow, uh, man. That's like, yeah. that's really. So let me ask you this, because I'm always curious, you know, I, and I know you. So I, I mean, I know you from watching your con. I know you more than you know me because I've watched your content. You know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, you probably and know Danny more than you know me at this point. <laughs> I, I don't I, I actually yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I think I see you more, honestly. But what's interesting is um, you're a good guy. Right. But like, I just want to ask this. So you don't have to do this. You don't have to create this. Are you going to make any money from this? Or are you doing this truly because you see as this is helping the things that you're a part of, like the single pool alliance and just being a stake pool operator itself? Like, why are you why are you working so hard on this stoic? So this is this is kind of uh, what the idea of doing the DAO is to create a platform that does all the decisions that people don't know they're making automatically mm. yeah yeah so that you don't have to worry about that stuff as a user of cardano like a holder so like have you seen uh, there's a netflix program called a good place right it's really funny it's oh, really, really stupid it's hilarious and what it, the idea of it is you get points based on how you live and then that goes to whether you go to the good place or the bad place like heaven and hell basically and a problem wow. that they face in that is that they're people are making decisions that have consequences and so they're being judged on those consequences and that's affecting their score and so this is happening with uh the average holder who's using cardano you know maybe they're staking to binance um so binance have like 60 pools they have a lot of stake pools they control like a massive amount of stake um and so we've 
the DAO. The idea of the DAO is to help take those decisions away from users. So they don't need to know what they're doing or what they're doing that could potentially harm the network further down the line. Instead, they just go, the DAO creates this platform. It distributes aid automatically to, to support everyone and to spread it across the globe. And so it was something that kind of, that there was a big need for it. And there was a huge like discussion among staple operators about what to do to solve like these two or three little issues that the DAO kind of addresses in, in one solution. And so someone needed to build a solution. And I'm one of those guys who's like, screw it, let's do it. You know, like let's get this thing done. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I get excited it makes sense about stuff because and then I if you're a stakeful operator, head, you know, <laughs> if you're a stakeful operator and you were one very early, I mean, there's probably earlier ones, you know, I get oh, caught because yeah. I'm not like a super Cardano OG, but I mean, to me, you were, you were one of the only, you know, good quality videos I could find on that one day I searched. So who knows what the <laughs> algorithm was trying to do, but uh, Maybe yeah, I'm man. Just good at SEO, you know. Maybe, <laughs> uh, but to start a stake pool, I I would think of it as, oh wow, this is a cool thing. I may be able to make some money. I I may be able to do something I believe in. I'll just figure it out. So it makes sense how you would just kind of go into it like that. Yeah. So I I am I'm gonna get paid if we get funded by Catalyst. I will get paid for my my time. Um, the the guys who are also working on the project. There's three of us, so it's not a very big team. Um, but we'll all get paid, you know. And like one thing that I said to to these guys because at the minute we're not getting paid for the work we're doing, obviously. Um, but the, the 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 Catalyst Fund is literally just enough for us to get paid a fair wage for the couple of months of work that we're going to be putting in, plus. Yeah. A, an extra couple of uh, a couple thousand dollars, which are going to pay for for the, the actually running and operating the service. So like the cost for servers, for server space for the DAO to actually have somewhere to run. Like a lot of these things, you think like a web application. If people don't know much about tech, like they think that stuff lives on the internet. You know, like, well, the internet is basically just a bunch of computers that are all connected to each other, right? So we need to pay for a computer as well to actually run the DAO. So uh, yes, I will get paid for it. Um, it's not going to be a crazy amount. I'm not going to be getting rich off this. Um, we're not doing as of right now, because a lot of this stuff is still in development. It, like I say, we, we came up with a concept like five, four or five weeks ago, and I submitted the proposal four weeks ago. And since then, we've been testing stuff. We've got the solution. We've iterated these things like four or five times over. There's a new version of how the mechanics work of the, the the kind of technical part of the DAO every every week because we get results back from our tests and we're like all right let's do this let's do this mm. and we realize that we can do some stuff and we can't do other things so that's really shaped how the the very version one draft of the white paper that I shared with you um, that's that's the current iteration but there are already changes that they made since I sent that to you which essentially was last night but we, uh, <laughs> there are already changes that have happened because we consider things as well and it's not just me who's working on this this isn't me having some genius idea this is um just i'm the person who ran with it and who was like right let's pull our finger out and get this stuff done you know this has been something that i've spoken to a lot of different pool groups or groups of staple operators who have all contributed that ideas feedback like, make sure you think of this what yeah. about this and like poked holes and i'm sharing this white paper with a couple of staple operators now who are um infamous among staple operators for having things to say and poking holes in problems. And so 
yeah so like it's, it's important that this is done right you know this isn't done for me to have a crazy business the idea is that it's a DAO so it's not mine to control like we're just building it and then we're releasing it into the wild but somebody uh, needs hoping. to start it and, and yeah. that that can take its own creation as it goes and going through catalyst yeah. you're going to get a lot of great feedback yeah yeah a lot of people are going to view your proposal um so I'm, I want to get into asking you some more questions about the catalyst. I'm going to link that sure. idea scale link in the description, just so any yeah. ADA voters or potential CAs, or I know CAs review process is almost over because I'm a CA, but um, can, can, can take a look at it and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, we'll also link all your stuff, but we'll be, uh, we'll be right back. I'm just going to say thanks to my sponsors and we're going to have Reese here to, you know, if you see anything that you think is cool that just feel free to chive it. It'll be fun. Sure. So the first sponsor I just wanted to take a moment to thank is Metadams. Metadams is a uh, NFT project, but it also aims to do a lot more. So essentially the mint of their next drop is going to be in about one day. It's going to be three hours, one day from the time of this recording. I'm going to put the link in the description so you can check it out. And essentially what you need to know about Metadams is they're also building an actual Cardano metaverse, which is really cool. I can't say enough about this team. You know, they, they have some really great um, members on it. One of which actually builds concept cars at the top concept car design company in uh, France. And he's the head of that company too. And they get integrated in video games. The team also has connections to the um, Ubisoft, I'm pretty sure it's called, which is the company that created the game Assassin's Creed. So to get uh, what you get when you mint three of these BBs is obviously some cool art NFTs that look sick. You know, you can tell that they, they do a lot of 3D stuff which is a testament to probably how their metaverse will look. But you can also, if you mint three, you get one free metadam parcel dropped. I'm pretty sure the cap supply on these metaverse land parcels is going to be 28,000. So it's not a huge supply metaverse, which is could be really great for the value. If you mint five, you can get two. And then if you mint 10, you can get five. So it's a pretty interesting thing that you get the art and metaverse parcels the more that you mint another one cool thing i thought this project was pretty cool reese because like what you got is the potential to get one of these golden tickets and i love seeing projects that uh take the real world and the digital world and integrate them both and essentially if you mint one of these golden tickets when you mint the bbs they'll actually sculpt your your nft so your beaver and send it to your house in, in real life um they part they uh sponsored my channel because they love what i'm doing about content on cardano with the metaverse and just other content that we're doing so just want to thank them real quick um and then real quick i just gotta thank score milk score milk has been with me since the very beginnings of my youtube channel you know i did a lot of play to earn game economy videos and they supported that. So they wanted to sponsor my channel in perpetuity. Squirrel Milk aims to be cross-chain, but they started on Tron just because they have a lot of great partnerships over there. What they do is, is actually pretty cool. It's pretty simple too. They have a play-to-earn game ecosystem that they're launching pretty soon. And you're going to be able to PVP or PVE. So the PVP would work like this. Me and, let's say, Reese, we go head-to-head. -head. We both bet some crypto and whatever and it's the same amount whoever wins takes the pot minus the fee that goes to 
score milk. And part of that fee, a large part actually goes to the developer of the, of the game. So they're just trying to get more developers integrated with their ecosystem to build games. And then once, once those developers build the game, they don't got to worry about the business end or the marketing because they can leverage the ecosystem. And every time somebody plays their game, they get passive income. All right, back to the show. <laughs> so are you part of Catalyst? Yeah, just quickly though, right? Because I really enjoyed that. Yeah. People doing NFT stuff are just taking it to a whole other level, aren't they? Like, it's, it's absolutely <laughs> mental. Like, Bro, I got having a model videos, of man. your NFT yeah. would be fantastic. Like, I don't follow a lot of NFT projects. Um, at first, like, I thought it was kind of dumb. Uh, so don't judge me on that. All right, don't judge me on that. Um, yeah, it just seemed like a bit of a money grab for like collectors' items and stuff. And I, I thought, oh, it, I, I could only reference it to Pokemon cards. And to me, like oh, that geez. just seemed a bit of of a, of a uh, cash cow, you know, like rather than an actual thing. But people consistently proved me wrong on that on that initial perception <laughs> that I had. And you know what, right? I, I, a lot of it. At first, I didn't get it because I just thought like Pokemon cards. And I thought, well, that's kind of stupid, you know. Um, but then I thought about like I was a big fan of like the kid robot toys. And mm. do you know them? Do you know like the monies and the little bunny things and stuff? And like, uh, how old are like, you, by the way? Because I know um, like, Bion- yeah, so I know Bionicles, but I had an uncle who had a bunch of that. Those Bionicles, kind of that's like they were like Lego mechanic things weren't they yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. so but i was I definitely I young enough to come across that yeah, um, yeah but yeah these are like um essentially like little toys like they have yeah. there are really popular ones at the minute which are like square head things yeah uh little character things with like massive heads so like that big and you can get loads of different designs of like superheroes and stuff and that's what these kind of kid robot toys were and and once i can com- compared it to that it made sense and mm. for this beaver project like legendary chromed out beavers and stuff yeah um, <laughs> like to, for them to send you an actual model of the thing like that's yeah. that's awesome. like it's kind of really cool. cool i love to see when nft projects integrate the real world man it's just yeah. gonna become more and more and by the way the toy yeah. concept just while we're having fun you know what i i realized i think like a few months ago i started to have this thought of like these nfts are kind of like toys and they're going to become that way because kids don't play with toys they play with games video games so when yeah. these NFTs become interoperable with video games, man, it's going to be like buying that toy because they're going to be able to use it in a, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like a yeah, great 100%. analogy. Yeah, like 100%. You, 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 you turn NFTs into like skins, like character skins. You know, yeah. like um, what, what's been out recently that's been massive for it is... Uh, Fortnite, like... Well, yeah, but no, oh, I mean like, the, recent, like the new Halo, Halo Infinite. Like they, mm. they did this thing. Have you played it? I don't play Halo, but I'd love to hear about oh, it. Oh, man, well, uh, this is over. This call is done. Like, come on, we can, man. Like, we, we don't have, outside we of the court, like. oh come on dude <laughs> no you get it though, like, so you can have different character skins you know and, and and to have those kind of things as an nft or or like a selection of nfts like you can get you get special edition skins for certain periods of time that you're playing the game and you can earn them through through scores or whatever but then you can have special versions of them like rarity levels to each of those skins as well and that's something of like real utility that younger people who play games a lot more than i do kind of can appreciate a lot more i think like um like a special sword or something and, and it, it always it almost sounds silly yeah but when you actually are involved in the gaming world like that's huge imagine yeah. if you could have some sick sword, some extra crazy thing that no one else has like, in your game that 
it has a level of prestige that and otherwise then, doesn't and really then, exist. And then on the blockchain, the ability to lend those out as well as yeah. in really have those as assets and create more wealth for yourself just really makes yeah. gaming even more legitimized. One sure. thing that happened a lot with game, I know we've gone completely off topic, all right? But no, this it's is cool. Fun, this man. is a nice, it's interesting good. discussion yeah. as well. Like, forget about my dad. Right? <laughs> but we're talking about games now. Um, but like, when I was growing up, like in school, everyone was playing RuneScape, you know? And this was one of those things that was like the first, yeah. one of the first iterations of like people actually buying and selling game stuff off people. And you could buy like people's RuneScape characters or like special items that were very difficult to get. And RuneScape, for those who don't know, it was like a very bad quality, um, massively multi-online player role-playing Essentially, it was like the foundation for what World of Warcraft became as right. like the next iteration. And then I imagine it's gone even crazier like that. What do they have recent, uh, the last couple of years? It was Elder Scrolls, Elder, Elder Scrolls Online, isn't it? Something like that. Um, so it's come a long way. But for those who understand, like that was what RuneScape was. And it's that was the human- first iteration. And it's bringing human connection. I mean, yeah. One thing, one quick fact that I don't want to forget is I think Bitcoin, one of its first use cases was to sell digital goods on, on RuneScape. I've seen wow. multiple, yeah, I've seen multiple yeah. content about that, which is very well, fun and interesting, right? <laughs> is it, well, that was the, the first iteration. And now we're seeing where NFTs are starting to become so popular and so mainstream and they're becoming more integrated into actual real games. You see this turning from like a naughty thing that was happening on eBay that no one was really supposed to do to a legitimate business practice that's happening that adds a whole nother level to gaming, which is already huge and has been like a cult thing for ever since its inception, you know, and now it's like, it's just, it's becoming the thing that everyone was first talking about back then, you know? And once consumers, and once consumers get used to it, like video game companies will have to convert, I think personally, because there's just too much in it for the gamers and it will drive more adoption and play. So it could be really good for the gaming companies too. So it's a win-win. Yeah. It's just, I don't think gaming companies need a lot more um, interaction. Like they don't need more, but what they can do is add new levels of interaction with the game, like new depth to it and new, um, just more revenue for them as well. Like you meant a bunch of NFTs, uh, then you, you have more revenue and you you create royalties on those as well. Now you're making money every time they sell. Yeah, and and you're providing artists and creators with extra revenue as well because we all know that's the starving artist cliche is like that's a huge that's a real thing you know it's yeah. a real thing. Yeah, man. But yeah. So, anyway, sorry about that. No, we that, had to talk dude, about that quickly. Dude, I didn't know that you were into, if I knew you were into gaming, I would have, I would have put in some more questions, but we'd love to have you back on the channel, maybe in the future and like update as this stuff progresses. That'd be cool. Oh yeah, of course. Um, so were you ever a, a CA or a VCA? Just a selfish question. I was curious about. No, no. You know, I, I, I was aware of Catalyst since the first kind of round when everyone wanted to launch podcasts. Um, I, I was aware of that. And, and just the yeah. fact that that was a thing kind of put me off it and, then I, although I was voting, I wasn't paying a lot of attention to the development until probably around yeah. four or five. So I, I kind of ignored the first iterations because I was really disappointed that people were asking for so much money to, to make podcasts and stuff. And, you know, I, like uh, Bloom as an example, great guy, really nice guy. Uh, people mm. often get him wrong, I think. Uh, but from my conversations, he's really nice, very mm. genuine guy as well. Uh, but he, he like got funded for his podcast and all good credit to it like 
he asked for quite a decent chunk of money. You know, he got it as well. Um, and credit due, he, he has done very well with his uh, Aura podcast. And he's taken it mm. to other levels as well. Like he's used that as a stepping stone to do even more for the community, which is fantastic. Um, mm. But for that reason, well, like that kind of thing that was happening initially, I kind of stayed away from Catalyst. And then it wasn't until the summer when I was talking to some other guys who had been submitting proposals um, that I realized how, how much it actually developed. And now so, it's uh, one of the cornerstones whenever I give a Cardano value prop to somebody that's asking um, what separates Cardano. I mean, the funds are yeah. just going to get bigger. I mean, this and fund like is 8 million. Next a stupid amount be. of proposals as well. It's crazy to compete with all these other guys with great ideas, you know? It needs yeah, to be some kind right. of... Uh, yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's mental. There's so many projects and yeah. it's hard for Catalyst, the Catalyst team who are actually working on it to figure out a way to present all of these ideas to people so things can actually get voted on. And that's a that's a big thing that they're trying to tackle now. Um, but yeah, I, th I think Catalyst is amazing. You know, a lot of yeah. good stuff has come out of it, like the Blockfrost APIs, which are being used to develop a lot of projects in the back end, which a lot of people won't get, but it's a huge thing, it's huge. Um, and there, there are loads of projects like that that are coming along because of Catalyst. And like another thing too, just like, you know, I don't get paid to say this, but the, I wanted to, I wanted to say it while we're on it. I do catalyst and honestly, like catalyst has given me like direction and like a hierarchical structure. I'm sure that you can relate maybe as like a YouTuber, just like not knowing where it's going to go sometimes. And, and like, I saved up some money so I could do this full time and it's, it's work, it's working out. Like I'm, I'm doing I'm at, I'm at a good place for where I wanted to be, I think, but I'm learning a lot. But Callus is giving me this kind of like hierarchical structure that I can like aim to climb and improve in, be a community advisor, master reviewing proposals at first, and then be a VCA, master reviewing reviews. And then who knows what other things will be created out of the scaling of Catalyst. So I definitely just want to encourage anybody that's looking for uh, potential way to make money, but also to like work on something you're passionate about, like me and probably Reese are doing, you know, we found 100%. a passion in crypto. A lot of people listening probably are passionate about crypto to definitely give yeah. Catalyst Town Halls a shot and, and, and see what that initiative is about. Just check it out. It's, it's, uh, they do live streams every week, every Wednesday. Um, yeah. And it's fantastic. And it's just a bunch of people from the community who have got together and like taken it upon themselves to 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 get involved and like help things progress like we're all working on something being Kapata Cardano is this is a really cool thing um we're working on something a lot bigger than us you know with like a purpose and we're all even though we have our little community squabbles like amongst SPOs for example like we're all still working on the we're building Cardano goal and a lot of the people who are involved in this space are doing amazing things like amazing things and you don't realize that who I, who these people are and they're like you come into contact with some people and you're having a little chat and you're like oh my god you're that guy who did that thing you're that guy like, and uh, they're like oh yeah that was me and you're like wow you know and to your, amazing and to your point too reese it's it's interesting because you made two really great ones the first one was like the way i view cardano I viewed it when i first saw your video is so different now man like now that i'm in the community now that i'm like even take my YouTube channel aside. Now that I'm just part of Catalyst, anything that good comes to Cardano, I view as beneficial because if I can be good 
at Catalyst and, and the, the various jobs that they give, I can make r- enough money to support my life and it's very scalable and you can make, you can do more in time. And as the funds get bigger, there's probably going to be more incentives as more people come in. And, and that's, that's like giving me this, this new view, which, which you said, which is sometimes we don't realize that anything good that happens to Cardano is fundamentally good for the rest of our lives. I could see myself yeah. working for Cardano in some capacity for the next 50 years. So it's kind of like anything that's good in this relationship between like, you know, nine to fives and being paid by your employer in the old world. It's, I, I think that this is this intangible conversation is going to have a log lifeline and we're going to look back at this because it's really where I think the future is going, where you're working on something that is your asset, but also anything that, that you do for free or paid through an initiative is going to increase your asset instead of relying on a paycheck. It's just so different, man. You know what I mean? Like that, that flip of, of yeah, a hundred percent. And what everything that any one individual contributes benefits everyone, like what an yeah. NFT project, you know, and I might not be the biggest NFT guy, but whatever anyone's doing with NFTs benefits Cardano, which in as a, as a knock-on effect or in benefiting me as well, you know, and whether it's me being a staple operator or me um, doing a catalyst project or like building the DAO, you know, like the DAO is something that's going to uh, direct money towards everyone else and it's going to help make the the ecosystem stronger which even though it doesn't directly affect you will have a knock-on effect in making uh, cardano stronger and making it more valuable and bringing more people in from all over the world and bringing new ideas to the space and then your role is kind of to help develop that and we're we're all part of this kind of ecosystem which is crazy you know it's like crazy that it even exists but that's the kind of world that, that crypto is, you know, which a lot of people don't realize who, um, who, who, who just buy and sell tokens, you know, once you start getting involved in the project, like a lot of my mates like buying and selling crypto. Like, yeah. That's what they like to do. You know, they, they've got their goals. They want their cars you know, and good on them, you know, but once I got involved in crypto, I started thinking like, what do I do with this stuff now? Like, what, what about mm. everyone's talking about this, these vision, this visionary concepts of like decentralization and like autonomy and stuff. And like, how can we do this? Like, how can I get involved? And uh, it's a bit of a rabbit hole, but it's, uh, it's definitely an a- amazing space to be a part, uh, hands down. Yeah, man. And I got a few more questions here and then we'll wrap it up. So, sure. you know, the other part of what you said too, that I just wrote down a quick note I wanted to address was like, we're so early and we're so blessed to be early because everything that's inefficient now requires us to learn more if we want to do it. And, yeah. and, and I think what that's akin to or a sibling of that is also since things are still being worked on inefficient and not super well known, our ability, this is kind of like a parallel to this on a human to human level. by going through catalysts or just being on Twitter spaces or just creating content to network with some of the main major players, maybe not like Charles Hoskinson, if you're like a YouTuber of my size or a little bit bigger, but maybe be surprised. Maybe. Well, yeah, I I, listen, man, I'm, 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 I'll I'll pray. I'll pray Charlie on next week. You got Charlie (laughs) on next week. (laughs) That would be amazing. And and the thing is, it's like even the number 10 or the number 40 in IOHK who's a major player your ability to network with them 
is just one or two or maybe three or four town halls away. And even if that's yeah. just saying hi or hearing them or being in the same Zoom chat as them or being in the same breakout room with them, it's yeah. so accessible since we're so early. So I just want to encourage people to get in it's, now in the community. People don't realize, like people literally don't realize that. Like we, I got in contact with you yesterday, literally yeah. last <laughs> night, because I was on a, a space with Hero and he was like, oh, we need to like, we need to help you get, get in front of some people. And I was like, yeah, like I need to get in front of some people. And he's like, look, I'm going to send you, he messaged me to remind me because I forget because he's, he's just like that kind of guy. He's like, you message me and I'll send you a couple of people and just tell them you t- spoke to me and, and it's cool, you know? Um, yeah. and, and I would have done it anyways because I knew your video. That, I think I messaged meeting. you first. The thing is, meeting people is, can be quite yeah. hard, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's, but everyone's accessible. And like, yeah. I know I've, I've spoken to like Bloom and Kaizen and some very, Rick, some much, much bigger Cardano yeah. YouTubers who are like yeah. very well known in the space. And all I've done is message them. I just message them on Telegram or something, you know, like just because yeah. I had access to them. Um, I've spoken with, I was at the Cardano Summit in London. I met most of the IOG team that you see on the, um, on the, the monthly roundups. You know, I met, uh, I met Ben. Ben O'Hanlon. I met um, Kevin, the um, the the really posh sounding guy, super lovely guy. Uh, <laughs> met Nigel, the the software guy, and I was oh, listen. This is a kind of embarrassing, right? So don't laugh at me. But I I know these guys. You know they don't know who I am. But yeah, I was yeah. there with Danny, my girlfriend. Like we were running around causing trouble. Like how how I do. Like I don't know if you've got that vibe off me. Uh, yeah. But I'm just like run up to them. I'm like, guys, what's going on? It's your mate Reese, you know? And they're like, who the fuck is this guy? I'm sorry. Who they're like, who's this guy? And <laughs> oh, uh, no worries, man. We I, I was here. just like, ex- yeah. I was so excited to see them. I was like, oh my God, you're like, you're this guy. You're like all the starstruck <laughs> and stuff. And Danny was, luckily Danny was the cool one. She right. was like, oh yeah, so what do you do? And they're like, oh, you know, like I'm the lead software guy for uh, IOG. <laughs> like I'm the dude, you know? And yeah. uh, everyone was so lovely, but I've, I've met all these guys like in person and it was as simple as just going to the event. You know, it, was, it wasn't anything complicated. I've messaged them personally on Twitter, just like send them a message out of the blue. Like, Hey, I was asking about this thing and, and they'll get back to you. You know, they, it's, it's so easy to communicate back to the point. And that was stories over. It's so easy to communicate with a lot of these people. No one is inaccessible. Um, it was easy for me to just message you. You already knew who I was. Like, how, how awesome yeah. is that? But you even knew who I was. Like, that's crazy. And then, like, uh, I messaged some of my mates, um, some of my SBO mates earlier. And I was like, oh, you know what? I need to try and get hold of someone in the Cardano Foundation uh, so that I can try and spread mm-hmm. this message through them and try and figure out a way to work with them, with the DAO. Um, because it, it would just take it to a whole other level. And one of the guys was like, oh yeah, here's five guys. Now I'll just give you their details. Like for the guys, for the Cardano Foundation. I was like, oh my God, it's so easy to be connected with these people. It's such a tight community and it seems massive and it is massive, but everyone knows each other or knows the guy who you need to get hold of right now. And everyone wants yeah. to help you as well. And it's, it's, um, it's just amazing. It's like, it's crazy. It's amazing. I had this weird thought last night and it was like one of those late night thoughts that just pops up. And I was like, it almost brought me to tears, man. Like, don't laugh at me. This is embarrassing. But it was like this thought of like, holy, you know, uh, what Charles, what IOHK is doing is they're building something for like, in a way for me, like to, to be able to put the rest of my life into 
whether it's through content creation (laughs) it's like (laughs) (laughs) off night no i'm just kidding but um it's like it's 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 like uh they're building this foundation for us and they're they're harnessing the human energy by incentivizing it and it's accessible we're early so i just wanted to get that point too to the audience like you're early to get into these communities and just ask the simple questions that you you don't know and learn and then ask the deeper questions that come from knowing the simple answers and and then eventually you're going to be able to be the ones that are educating people and that's giving value and you'll have a better network frame if that's what you want to do if that's your goal you know 100 percent. so it's the time yeah it's the time man it's the time so let's get into the second to last question um or actually before that, I just wanted to say one more thing, and I'd love to hear your point of view on this. But for me, it's like stake pool operators and developers, right? Like these are the two most important groups that I want to support as a content creator. Because number one is developers in my mind, because we need to glorify them. There's a lot of communities I've been a part of, and there's a lot of project telegrams I've been a part of on other blockchains. And I just see how hard of a time sometimes the communities can give developers. But I just yeah. want this message to get across of like, hey, listen, like the only way Cardano is going to get bigger is if every developer that is currently in it gets glorified. So that way their developer friends on other blockchains see that. And they're like, wow, they treat developers so kindly. I got to go over yeah. to Cardano. Do you, you, you like that point? Like, yeah. you like that? That does kind of happen in Cardano as well. Like you've got mm-hmm. um, like... Uh, Andrew Westbrook or like uh, Adam Dean and stuff people and uh, are just two just two really popular guys who have built stuff but um, there's like the Armada team as well all the guys in the Armada Alliance who have got the Cardano node to work on Raspberry Pis like a whole different um, architecture um, and these guys are all like very very popular and very well known in their circles and uh, they will get a lot of respect I think we already kind of have that uh, but once the PAB and like Plutus gets really, really starts to get rolled out, uh, mm. we'll see that on a whole other scale. Like you think about um, what's the what's the decks that's going at the minute Sunday uh, Pi. This. So Pi, the guy, like the yeah. the marketing guy at least, he's like really um, he's been really well received by the Cardano community. Like a lot of people are very nice to him, want to ask him questions. He wants to answer all those questions. You know, it's a very like, uh, it's a very, a, a lot of these projects are very open and a lot of people who have skills to do stuff, see the need and they're like, right, let's do this. Kind of like what, I, what I'm trying to build, you know? And mm. um, I think we are very good to the developers in Cardano. There just haven't been a lot of projects being built because we, we were essentially held up by the rollout of uh, the Plutus backend, which mm-hmm. now, that it's, now that it's functioning, like, everyone's getting the things done before it was back-end back-end stuff like the frost block frost apis and the fire hose thing that uh um andrew built and jorman gander or i can't always say that thing wrong but all these things are very technical things that like the average guy is not going to know about or care about but in the circles like you're saying they're very well received they're very well respected and i think that's something that is being uh is happening in cardano i think it'll continue it's to important be you know, it's yeah, important. 100%. And then the stake pool operators are important because they are essentially, if you own Cardano, making your asset more valuable, especially guys like Reese, uh, who are not only educating, which is another thing that's onboarding more users, potentially increasing the market cap, 
but actually trying to build something that will make the network more stronger, which makes your asset yeah. more stronger. And, and, and that's why I like to just give those two groups. And, 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 and I think a lot of people, you know, appreciate the content creators. I get a lot of love for just covering these topics and Cardano, yeah, yeah. but I love to share that with these two, because these two are like, so key in my opinion. But um, I just wanted to get you a real wild out of the blue take, just in case that you're somebody that I can like get, you know, back on the channel or whatnot. Do you have any thoughts on RealFi? Have you dived down that rabbit hole before or because that's another whole fundamental of what's happening? Uh, I, I, I know about it. Uh, yeah. I haven't um, gone too deep on it because I've been very busy with other, other things, obviously. There are a lot yeah. of people who are very deep on, on the RealFi. Um, prism, I think things of that nature. Yeah, I like I love Atala, and I've got a different, whole different catalyst proposal about something completely different called NFT Pass, which is an NFT ticketing solution, uh, at which I want to integrate with Atala Prism. And um, the the problem with that solution, like this is that's not a secret either. That's not some ingenious thing that I've invented, mm-hmm. but I have have figured out a way to validate and um, own validate ownership essentially without transactions so without having to wait for block times or pay transaction fees for for validating nfts as tickets so it makes it a very frictionless and very cheap and um, effective solution essentially uh, which i have a patent pending for so nice but um, yeah that's a whole different discussion but that is uh, something that i want to integrate into atala because it makes it takes immutable ownership of an asset and ties it to an immutable identity as well. Right. And uh, those two things together are very key for um, the, the progression of a decentralized world. Mm. Uh, because without those two things, immutable ownership and immutable identity, um, everything is basically a scam, like, or has the potential. There's to a be lot a scam. of problems. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. problems because if you lose some kind of funds or whatnot and you don't have that no one's identity associated with you per se it's hard to even make a claim on that yeah on the user's perspective and, and a lot like of people saying, want the anonymity the you know yeah. a lot of people want the an- an- anonymity and i get that uh when i was a kid like i i was um crazy on my parties i was out raving uh smoking the loads and stuff like that and i used to i used to be very much like that like anonymity rah, like but the, the older i get and the more i think about like wanted to buy a house or like a family and stuff like that, the less that the anonymity matters so much. um, Because I feel like having that identity is quite important as well, you know, and uh, I see a different perspective on it, which I didn't really see 10 years ago or something. And um, the anonymity is important and having an option for anonymity is, is kind of, it is important being able to, but that's what the decentralization does. So the reason that people need the, or re- require or desire the anonymity is because of essentially control of government. But the, the blockchain, the, the technology there kind of removes government control from a system. So a lot yeah. of people think like Atala with digital identity, oh, that's bad, you know, because the government and identity and stuff, you know, uh, but actually the, the idea of Atala, the digital identity is that the government doesn't own your identity. You own your identity, a self-sovereign identity. Mm-hmm. So then it, it removes the government control aspect from who you are, you own who you are. And um, so I think the anonymity part uh, that people desire is kind of removed from the equation. It's suddenly unnecessary. And the fact that we we have a, a reason to 
be known for as an individual and have that thing is so that we can be held accountable as a uh, as a member of a global community because that's actually very important that like you think about all the scams that happen in crypto right now um, if we could identify those people they'd be a lot less likely to act in such a naughty way you know they wouldn't be so naughty because they would be um, accountable held to the community you yeah. know which is enough of a deterrent a lot of the times to stop people from doing stuff like you you even just in you know we're completely off on social dynamics now but you see this kind of thing happen like you see something bad happen and, and people don't speak up even though they know it's bad and then someone speaks up and takes a stand for something and they mm. and everyone else is like yeah you know what we agree yeah uh, they've been holding it there person to like, come up. it takes the to first the guy. step yeah you've been holding yeah. it for ages you knew it was bad why were you doing it you know yeah but, yeah, yeah so just having even though the anonymity thing is really quite a high priority for a lot of people in crypto, it's mostly down to not having control. Um, and once we have control of our identity, once that self-sovereign identity thing is implemented, then I think the anonymity thing becomes kind of a moot point. That's what I love about real man. And I just love the idea of owning, you know, not only your own identity, but also your own data through real yeah. And being able to seamlessly take all your data from a social media site like Twitter, if you want to move it to somewhere else, still still have it for your own records, but move it to somewhere else, because the next part of this is really what's interesting, but just to yeah. paint it, you can, and it will no longer exist on Twitter. Or that also implies now your data is your own asset. So if you do yeah. supply it to Twitter, you can monetize it by letting Twitter use your data and to get those, you know, uh, sponsor or mar like people that pay Twitter to market, yeah. right? Specific marketing, targeted information, mm -hmm. you know, uh, that's, that's important. And that's something that we, uh, as people have been exploited on basically, because no one, no one really re realized the consequences. There was a lot yeah. of discussion about it, but no one, it, it was conspiracy heads. And we never really had a way to like monetize our data previously. It wasn't no, like, it was just it companies like a, would monetize your data. And, and it only yeah. really came from the internet and social media really becoming a, a universal concept that people were, were living off. You know, that's the only time it really became a thing. And so it's taken us up to this point for it to become an issue that we can even address. Right. And make it into something for the people and to yeah. our advantage man. that's awesome so reese uh i guess i'll ask you the final question man but we'd love to have you back i hope we can still be friends even though i don't play halo but the, <laughs> the final question is this man so essentially if you were and we we really you know we got some team team members so they'll you know that's good but we don't want you to die but if you were to die today right like and you say everything you need to to your family you say everything you need to, to your friends, what would you like the Cardano community to like, just remember you for that they could use in the future to like, just be like, oh, wow, you know, that's a good concept. We want to really take that into the future. It's a deep question, man. So feel free to take your time wow. to answer. Do you drop that on me? Didn't you? Um, for Cardano, <laughs> I think um, pursuing this kind of DAO governance is, is really good, but one thing for the Cardano community to, to really take on is ownership of Cardano. Like a, a lot of people say, IOG should scary, be doing man. It's IOG scary. should be doing yeah. that. Like, why, aren't, why isn't Charles doing this thing, you know? And the, the truth is the network's already run by the stable operators. It's not run by IOG. Yep. Development work's done by IOG, but it's becoming more and more people in the community. And this is our thing. 
you know, we're operating Cardano, not IOG. Don't blame IOG for not addressing these problems or building these solutions. Build the solution, yeah. develop the solution. Like we can all communicate with each other. We all know these problems exist. We all want to fix these problems. So let's do it, you know, let's, vehicles let's work together it. and let's build the building thing, you know, let's do it. That's really cool, man. I like that. So hold ourselves accountable for any problems yeah. that we see in a way with the network because we are the network. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome, Reese. Well, anything else to end on? Uh, yeah. Vote for the DAO. Vote for the stake in DAO, please. <laughs> yeah, we, exactly. We, talked, we'll we did, we did a little bit of a discussion about it. There's a yeah. lot um, of mechanics to the DAO that have been already thought about a lot, which we haven't spoken about, which is fine. You know, yeah. we had a really cool conversation. Too technical, but obviously yeah, yeah. That, those parts are important and it's good to know that they're going to be ongoing yeah. and you can find out on catalyst um you'll have the link so you can go and check that out i'm an open book you can contact me uh, on twitter at stoic pool you can uh join the discord that we've we've put together for the DAO to ask questions um you can check out my youtube channel for more videos as we release i haven't done anything about the DAO in like two weeks because i've had covid so i just haven't been publishing videos i've been whimpering away on the sofa um but you know this thing's being built uh, it's going to be a game changer for the network that won't really affect a user other than taking part. And uh, I think it solves a couple of problems that the, the network is beginning to face now. And so I'm just really glad that we're able to, we're getting so much support to address this um, because a lot of people will understand that it could be important. That's awesome, man. So, so Reese, I'll stick around with you for a couple minutes, but I'll, sure. I'll pause the recording here for anybody that's still listening to this entire spiel and listening to me and Reese you know some of some of it's important like Reese is saying some of my stuff is just you know BS thanks so much it's just for, fun some just of it's fun you know <laughs> some of it was fun man so thanks so much like for the subscribers and new listeners you know I'll put all Reese's stuff in the description and um yeah we'll we'll uh keep the content rolling here and we'll have Reese back on the channel down down the road yeah. so so definitely stick uh stay tuned right yeah that'd be awesome man <laughs> all right man I'll pause it now, take care.